0: Delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv. Taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 485 of The Two Taggies for Saturday, October 26th, 2019. If you're not familiar, this is the show where we talk about the week's most notable tax stories in and around an hour or less, in podcast form. It's because we look better. We, we sound better than we look. That's, isn't that, voices for radio. Sorry, it's faces for radio. Anyway, I digress. On this week's episode, Twitter's advertising dilemma. Facebook's, yeah, unsuspecting tax bill an unrealistic full-fibre pledge by the UK government. What? Something unrealistic by the government? I don't believe it. Welcome to what is episode 485 of the show, of the two tackies, and thank you so much for joining us, as always, whether it's the first time, somewhere in the middle, Somewhere in three quarters worth of of what we've done, or the 485th time. Thank you so much for joining us and sticking with us. It's what makes it all worthwhile. We say thank you, actually, do mean it. And and more so myself, because talking to Aaron for an hour with, with no one listening. Would really... It, it wouldn't really be beneficial... Oh, wait. Can I hear what I'm saying yet? Have I... Oh, no. Sorry. I mean, um, it's great to catch up every week and talk for an hour with you, Aaron, about technology. I love it.
1: You love it, really.
0: <laughs> I do, indeed. I do. It is the last episode in October. I'm just checking that. Yeah, it definitely is the last episode of October. Next week will be the 2nd of November, and we will officially be... Well, not winter, but I mean, it, it it will start to feel like it. It's starting to get cold. The clocks go back tonight or well, tomorrow morning, technically, um, which means what? Shorter days. Yeah. So brighter mornings. No, not bright. It gets brighter earlier, but darker later, which I'm not a fan of, at least in the transitional stage. But it means an extra hour in bed, which technically means we get our hour back for doing the show, which is even better. I have to talk to you for an hour. I get it back. Can we not do that every week? See,
1: I like the way you think. I like the way there's always a bright side to everything. And
0: I like mm-hmm. it. There is. Um, and of course, as we've said from from at least October, the start of October, and we will continue to say this is episode four hundred and eighty-five. We are slowly commencing towards ten years of doing the show, and that is an absolutely phenomenal achievement. Ten years of talking to Aaron every single week for an hour. My goodness! Oh, so, okay. I'm gonna. I'm. St- yeah. I'm sorry. It's probably it's, like, it's probably worse for you talking to me. Well, touche, touche. I
1: was gonna say <laughs> I meant to deflect I, that. I feel like uh, instead of coming on here to talk about tech news, it's just like I'm being insulted, but I like the way he turned yeah, it around yeah, yeah. on himself mm. there. Uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a serious note, um, just before we started there, I I don't know what brought it upon me to do so, but I decided to revisit some of the uh, the very early episodes uh, in our mm. archive, um, and ooh, which, boy, did they which, make Which customer. should
0: not be publicly available, is that correct? It, we, I, mean, I, I think we could come to a mutual agreement, they are no longer, should no longer be publicly available.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not, but I'm pretty sure we've done some, I mean, some of the even later ones are our, uh, even just last week <laughs> questions is embarrassing so it uh, 10 years ago
0: we were young yeah
1: but it, it's uh it really is the uh, you don't realize it at the time I don't know how to explain this, but you don't realize at the time that it's going to be so cringy to look back on, um, in, <laughs> yeah. in ten years. But it's funny how much has changed, and it's funny listening to some of the things we were talking about and some of the way we ways we were talking about things. How little also hasn't changed. It's uh, mm. it's uh, it's an odd thing. But yeah, I, I know we'll probably revisit more of that when we do hit the uh do hit the ten year mark, which be pretty it'd be pretty cool to go back through and I guess hopefully find some of our our favorite things over the years or something.
0: It will be. Uh, well, the closest episode will either be the, the 25th of January or the 1st of February. We Our first episode released the 30th of January 2010, which was, I've done my homework, 508 weeks ago to today, or 9 years, 8 months, and 26 days. Please don't check that. It might not be completely accurate.
1: Three days after the iPad was announced, that's how I'll always remember it. That was and the 27th, someone, wasn't it? I was about to say, and watch someone now tell me it wasn't the
0: 27th and that I've been remembering I'm nearly it sure. No, I'm nearly sure it was. was. Wasn't it a Thursday? Isn't my, no, it was a Wednesday, I, I think. Hmm, it was a while ago, but like that. So yeah. 10 years of the show. We will have a special episode for that, obviously, because without saying, um, will we have reached 500 by then? It's, uh, uh, you know what? If we had have planned this properly, we would have known the episode number. I don't think we'll have reached 500. I'm going to try and do the mental math in my head very quickly here. It's not really working, I'm going to be completely honest with you, but if you could stall, Aaron, I could maybe figure it out.
1: I'm just struggling with the Wikipedia, the fact that it has about 5,000 different dates for the iPad. April 3rd, 2010 is when it came out. I'm pretty Pretty sure it was announced. First iPad was released on April third. Yeah, I want to know when it was announced, not um released.
0: Of course, it couldn't be episode five hundred, could it? It would have the to be tom- episode four hundred and ninety nine. Ah, oh, that's that's okay. <laughs> kicking. <laughs> isn't that just sods really, isn't it? With, uh, maybe we'll do four hundred ninety nine point five. We'll get somewhere in the middle, and we'll celebrate both in one.
1: There you go. Deep buried. <laughs> far further down than I think it should be. The iPad was announced on January 27th, 2010.
0: Yeah, we still have it. We still have it. Speaking of episode numbers, 485, which is today's episode, this week's episode, there is a significance to it. There hasn't been for a while in the episode numbers, but 485, correlates to RS-485, which I wasn't familiar with this. Are you, Aaron? Do you understand RS-485? Also known Uh, uh, as TIA-485? Or EIA-485? Yeah,
1: of course I do. I I totally know what those acronyms mean.
0: It was a standard brought around in In 1998 you took it words right out of my mouth it's a standard defining the electrical characteristics of drivers and receivers for use in serial communication systems electrical signaling is balanced and multi-point systems are supported the standard is joint published or jointly published by the telecommunications industry association and the electric electronic industries alliance so it's to do with the the sort of standards used within digital communication networks uh, used over long distances and in electrically noisy environments well, it's in some way related to technology, right?
1: Just before we uh, get into the quick news, um, just notice something. Just I don't know why it completely slipped my mind slightly, but I know last week we were talking about this whole uh, MacBook Pro 16-inch, and we were talking about the you know the October event. When's the October event going to be happening? And just thinking about it now, it's like, okay, we're on the 26th. I'm going to take a guess and say this supposed uh, October event that we not talk- we've been talking about with such like, confidence, and it's gonna happen isn't mm. isn't isn't gonna happen. And it's Apple suddenly spring it on us on like Tuesday or something with some press Are releases, you sure we Which didn't miss it? Well, no, that would be embarrassing <laughs> if we did. But
0: <laughs> wouldn't that be ironic? It it would also be something that we would do. Um uh-huh. that's right. But to um, be fair, don't say that live. Uh, come on, <laughs> give yourself some credit. You, you can edit it, it's fine. Oh, um, that's
1: true. But I was just I was just thinking back to obviously we went through that period, what was it back at the beginning of the year, that kind of like one week period where every day it was Today it's a new iPad, today it's a new iPod Touch, today it's the new AirPods, I think. Mm-hmm. Um there was, there was a few different things there. So maybe we'll just get a press release or something. But obviously, Apple gearing up for the uh release of or release or launch, I guess, of T V Plus um next when's November 1st. That next Friday. Interesting day to do. Um but yeah. Guessing this event isn't gonna happen and we uh live to fight another day on dealing with those crappy keyboards, I guess. Sorry, mm. I just thought I'd uh, butt
0: that in. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's always good to correct your errors, isn't it? My errors we are we, we, errors are,
1: see you're learning <laughs> what <laughs> is
0: happening this week in terms of technology and events google and spotify on october 28th have their earnings calls Samsung have a developers conference running between October 29th and 30th. Um, there are other things happening. If I can get them up, LG Electronics having the earnings call as well. Samsung will have theirs on October 21st, which, or sorry, 31st, which is Halloween. Um, and if you are doing anything for Halloween, enjoy it, be safe. And if you want a good, Aaron, uh, what am I dressing up as? Sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that.
1: What are you dressing up as? Mm-hmm.
0: What's the scariest thing
1: to you? Ooh.
0: What am I dressing up as? Who am I dressing up as?
1: I'm trying to think. I've known you for over ten years. Mm-hmm. What's the scariest thing to you? Mm-hmm. Listening to episode one? Uh... <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. What do you? What? Why are you dressing up as? I am
0: dressing up as you. That is probably the. How did I not realise that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to throw it in somewhere. Um, no, I'll go as myself. That's scary enough. Yeah. crickets chirp.
1: It's funny. There are so many, like, scary tech, bad tech puns, jokes we could have made there. But because we're we're uh, we're obviously recording in the moment, our brains go,
0: nope, got nothing. <laughs> He's not going to think about it. Yeah, exactly. But yes, if you are doing anything for Halloween, have a safe one. Of course, Halloween is, in some ways, related to, uh, you know, certain unsafe activities if you're doing anything with fireworks you know, you know the score be safe enjoy it um and uh, i got yeah. it i'm gonna dress
1: up it. as i'm gonna dress up as galaxy note 7 oh, because uh, it goes perfectly with fireworks <laughs> <laughs> drops
0: the mic oh, dear yeah don't, don't drop your mic it breaks them typically the roads don't the roads don't do well to being dropped i always remember um ooh, well ooh, I do you remember years and years and years ago i had you know i think it was the ipad 2 and and this has changed the <laughs> The, the position the microphone was left in during, not in use, ever since. So, obviously, the, the microphone's on an angle-poised stand, there's a shock mount, the microphone's in it, and the microphone's, it's really heavy, you know, for what it is. And one night, I'd left the iPad, I think we'd finished recording, or I can't remember the story, but the iPad was sort of face-down, and it was before Apple had the smart cases, it was just the smart cover, which only obviously protected the front. And so, because it was only protecting the front, I had a habit of putting the iPad face-down, you know, for the cover, so that the back didn't really get scratched or scored or whatever, you know, looking after the device. Or I thought, and I come in back to lift the iPad. And all of a sudden, I see a microphone on the floor and an iPad with a big gash out of it. <laughs> and I'm just, what's happened here then? So obviously, the, the shock mount had failed, the thread in it had failed. And the iPad, that was annoying enough. But I also had a broken microphone at that point because the microphone had traveled some distance from the position it was in, in the, the angle poise stand to the floor after um, damaging the iPad. So long story short road microphones don't drop them any microphone i guess don't drop diaphragms are delicate to say the least <laughs> i always remember traveling i think it was the last time i traveled or traveled over to england and brought the microphone with me and i you know you bring your hand luggage just because obviously if it's in the hold it's going to get thrown onto the plane <laughs> and so careful right up until the point i got in the plane and then i just dropped the bag down on my feet And i was like uh, uh, oh <laughs>
1: i hope that works <laughs> The, the, there's that moment where the bag leaves your hand, and then you realize <laughs> what is to about to happen yeah. and what you have done, and it's that, oh no. <laughs> yeah, the slow motion, and then the. Oh dear, that's not good. Side note for another one. I know what you're dressing up as. Oh dear. Three customer support. Uh,
0: <laughs> that is scary. It does well. Yeah, they don't work. So
1: or three signal service. But you know, either one. Mm, okay, you should just give up now. I'm going to continue it doing we'll it go. throughout the entire
0: episode. Now. Brilliant. I'm glad. Glad to hear it. To give you some time to think about that, we'll move to the quick news. Amazon
1: delivered another quarter of sales growth above 20%, but a spike in shipping costs cut the firm's bottom line. Shares dropped sharply in after-hours trade after the e-commerce giant said profits fell by about 25%, to just $2.1 billion in the three months, to 30th of September. The firm said it spent nearly $10 billion on shipping costs in the most recent quarter, up 46%, From last year. The sales rose 24% year-on-year to $70 billion. Amazon boss Jeff Bezos said the company's push to offer one-day shipping to its Prime members, which has contributed to increased costs, will pay off. Purchases by Prime members have accelerated alongside the one-day offering, executives have said. It's a big investment and it's the right long-term decision for customers, Mr. Bezos
0: said. RBS and its sister bank, NatWest, have pulled their apps for the Samsung Galaxy S10 after a security flaw was found on the phone. Last week, users found the device could be unlocked by anyone via its fingerprint authentication system when used with certain screen protectors. S10 owners will be unable to download RBS apps until the issue is fixed. The bank is also encouraging those with the app to... uh, Sorry, already downloaded to disable biometrics on their device. However, it would not confirm whether it had warned all 200,000 of its customers who use the Galaxy S10.
1: The Pentagon has awarded a $10 billion cloud computing contract to Microsoft following a heavily scrutinized bidding process in which Amazon had been seen as the favorite. The 10-year contract for the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure, or JEDI, is aimed at making the US Defense Department more technologically agile. Amazon's bid drew criticism from its rivals and US President Donald Trump, The company said it was surprised by the decision. A detailed assessment purely on the comparative offerings would clearly lead to a different conclusion, it said. Amazon is said to be evaluating its options after the decision. It is 10 days to decide whether or not to launch a challenge. In a statement, the Pentagon said all offers were, quote, treated
0: fairly. Of course they were. And finally, Ford will unveil its first mass-market electric vehicle, a Mustang-inspired SUV codenamed Mach 1. It was first teased in January 2018. On November 17th, the company announced on Thursday, the century-old automaker has been relatively tight-lipped about what to expect from the electric SUV, aside from saying that it will draw inspiration from the company's famous muscle car and that it will be able to have, uh, sorry, travel more than 300 miles on a full charge which is a huge improvement over the automaker's earlier electric vehicles. The new vehicle, which is also now rumoured to be called Mac e has been spotted a number of times in recent months in testing camouflage. There's also been speculation that it will cost uh, around $50,000, come in short and long-range variants, and be available in rear or all-wheel drive configurations. Amazon are one of those companies that... And I'm going to say, put the customer first and don't worry about the side effects to the company and just believe that that will pay dividends in the long run. It's how they operated for the first, what, 15, 20 years. They didn't actually make a profit until quite recently. And I say quite recently, I mean, the last few years. I'm right in saying that, correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just reading those statements, as you said, they're they're very well aware of that, especially when it comes Mm. to the offering of Prime. I think many, many companies out there, or I should say there are a number of companies out there um, that. Are in a similar space to Amazon, but their mentality would be, well, this is expensive to us. We're not going to offer it. People will just have to live with two to three day delivery. Whereas Amazon, they see it as a huge draw. In which yeah, it so is.
0: what they're doing is they're trying to offer yeah, so they're trying to offer basically an uncom- uh, uh, uncompetable service to customers to draw them in, and then what that means is customers won't go anywhere else. So you go to Amazon, you know that you're going to get one day delivery. You know that if there's something wrong, you're going to be able to return it free of charge really easily why would you use any other service? That's potentially, you know, why would you go anywhere else if Amazon are offering you such a comprehensive package? And they know
1: that. They also offer a lot with Prime as well. Obviously, Prime isn't just Mm -hmm. delivery. It's video. It's, um, you know, more video. What else do they offer?
0: Uh, they offer music and then Music the Kindle package video, as well. Video, Kindle. I'm sure there's more than that.
1: They, I know they do their um uh, pantry service as well. Um, there's a few other services they do. And it's, I think when we were talking about, ooh, it might have been video subscription services. I think when we were talking about Netflix last week, we spoke about how Amazon are obviously at an advantage when it comes to gaining customers because uh, with their Prime Video platform, obviously people subscribe to it due to the shipping and whatnot, and you get all this stuff included. Um, And I think for Amazon, I think the shipping is such a big thing for Prime. Um, The amount of stuff I have chosen to order over Amazon just because it can arrive the next day. Yes, I may. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to be fair, I was about to say yes. You know, you may pay a couple of pounds more or something. I mean, there is obviously a a kind of a trade-off thing, but uh, I'm kind of willing to pay. Let's say five or ten pounds more for the product, but have it be here tomorrow than pay five or ten pounds less for the product. Pay for expedited shipping, but it's not here for another 48 or 72 hours. Yeah. Um, but Then
0: you have the potential problem of returning it now. Obviously, you're covered by selling, Distant Selling Act uh, if you're ordering online. But some companies are more awkward to work with than others. Amazon. You create the return receipt on through your account. You don't even have to go to the company and say, you just do it online, print it out, send it back. They offer the, automatically give the refund as soon as they get it back. It's so effortless. I don't think I've ever had an issue with Amazon customer service. No. And that's exactly what Jeff Bezos wants. I think I, I heard once that if he has any slight wind of a disgruntled customer, the email gets sent to someone who should be responsible for that with a sad face and essentially a sad face or a, you know, a not smiling face basically means, um, pardon, did, did I hear that right? You know, it's, it's sorted out before I sort you out essentially. And I, I think if you treat your cust you treat your customers well, the rest falls into place. Obviously treat your employees well, which Amazon have had a little bit of a mm, about, but that's for open for debate, I guess. I'm not just saying they're they're bad to work for all in, but um you know, but you need to treat your customers and your employees, right? The rest is sort of fall in after. I think
1: Terrifying. I think that's a that's a really big thing as well, you just you just kind of touched on there is a uh, we do give Amazon a lot of praise when it comes to how they treat us. But obviously we have mm. spoken in the past on the show and you read stories about it Probably more often than you'd like to, about how they treat their workers, whether it be in the warehouses or out on the road um, in various parts of the world. Um, it is something that they need to get better about. It's something that I think a lot of that industry needs to get better about. But I think yeah. we also have to kind of take a step back at that and, okay, why is the pressure on? Well, it's because all of a sudden, or one of the reasons is because all of a sudden we're expecting our product to be here tomorrow and Amazon want to deliver on that. And unfortunately, they don't want to pay. Um, I, I don't want to say that they don't want to pay their employees fairly because that's wrong They I think they don't compensate employees well enough for probably what they do and, and the amount of pressure they're under again that applies to a lot of that same industry but we are putting an awful lot of pressure on these companies to, to deliver Um, and I think in turn those companies put a lot of pressure on their employees um, and I think that's where a few of the stories are coming from. Um, I also just get the impression in general that Amazon have a few shortcomings when it comes to the way they handle their employees so I think whilst it is I think it's great that we, we dole out praise to them where it's due I think we we do also need to as you alluded to step back and kind of realise it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time and, mm-hmm. and they do need as, as much criticism as they need praise
0: 100% I'm just when you said about Prime what does it offer I was trying to say were we missing something really obvious I don't think we, we missed anything but you type into Google Amazon Prime offering and Google gives you the suggestion people also ask is Netflix free with Amazon Prime? prime question mark I don't know would Netflix or Netflix be free with Amazon Prime <laughs> two competitors that would really make Amazon Prime worth it wouldn't it we'll the things a people, free subscription to Netflix the things people Google man it's just incredible mm-hmm. yeah. what channels are free with Amazon Prime is Prime Prime TV included with Amazon Prime how do you get Amazon Prime for free Ooh, do tell us is Amazon Prime better than Netflix is Amazon Prime worth the money how much is Amazon Prime for seniors is Hulu better than Netflix do you have to pay for Netflix with Amazon's fire TV stick <laughs> Oh, dear. Wow. I mean, some questions could be legitimate, but do you have to pay for Netflix with the Amazon Fire TV stick? It's kind of like saying, do you have to pay for Spotify when you buy a MacBook? I don't um, know. I
1: think I think there are, there are people out there who, I, I don't know, maybe they come from a world where, you know, you buy a, I don't know, what's a good example? You buy a product and the only things on that product or related to that product are other products made by the same company. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some people that will buy an Apple TV or they'll buy an Amazon Fire stick and they'll see... It comes preloaded with Netflix and Prime Video and, and iTunes movies. And it doesn't necessarily, unless you're in the know or you're fully aware, maybe it doesn't click to everyone that these companies are actually entirely different. But I am really clutching at straws here because it is quite funny. Although I am really intrigued to know how to get it free. If you could just actually talk,
0: <laughs> search that one, I'd be interested. Yeah. Send a nice email to Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, RBS and the Samsung Galaxy S10. It's the right thing to do. They're they're putting customer safety first. Obviously, there's a severe flaw here within um, the the infrastructure of the phone. They've said, nope, we're pulling it. So NatWest and RBS have done that. Very responsible, very proactive and reactive. I like it. They're they're on top of it. Um, The Pentagon and the Jedi contract. Essentially, when I first read Jedi contract, I thought, what's this? What's this about? This sounds interesting. Jedi contract. And then you read that it's a... Mm. Joint enterprise defense infrastructure. Mm, sounds interesting enough, but not quite Jedi. We'll go with it. This stuff always ends up with
1: cooler, you know, <laughs> cooler names than what it deserves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like oh, I was hoping it was Star Wars related.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, not surprised. No, I'm not surprised that Microsoft got it. I don't know. Because it's interesting. You both actually, I would say, would be well-matched contenders, Amazon have a very good infrastructure going for them, but then again so do Microsoft. I mean,
1: I've always got the impression, or the impression that's been given for a long time, is that enterprise and and this kind of cloud computing and AI, this feels like Microsoft's bread and butter at this point. Um, It does,
0: but then Amazon I mean, for example, Formula One. Amazon power uh, certain statistical parts of Formula One, don't they? AWS.
1: They power the most well, they sponsor the most useless stats in the world because they have no. no bearing or relation to what is actually going on. My new favourite one... <laughs> See what you oh, I've know, is, no, you, you've done no. there? started You've started it. No. You know, yeah. <laughs> is it was uh, I, I think it was only for the last compree that I've seen it but um, they decided that two drivers uh, were racing each other towards the end of the race and they decided to bring up a graphic sorry. I believe it was sorry
0: two drivers were racing each other towards the end of the race did did, did you mean to you say
1: off, that? It, for, 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 it's a whole new world in Formula 1 mate. this stuff is it's weird <laughs> of course <laughs> um, they were racing each other it's a race uh, I don't know have you watched Formula oh. 1 over the past you know, two decades um, I watched uh, qualifying today see what you're part. doing there is you're going to get me on more tangent. And this is... Oh, no,
0: no, actually, sorry. Never mind. I wasn't... No, continue. (laughs) But they decided to bring up
1: a stat because the two drivers um, obviously pitted at different times, which means their tire wear is different. And I believe these stats were also powered by AWS or something. Um, They normally always are. And it was... Each graphic, you had eight tires, and it was so obviously four tires on each car. And it was showing you a percentage of their lifespan. It just had... It was a tire and then a number above it. And it was like, this is what... how. You one, you don't have this information, I don't care how intelligent Amazon AI is or something, you do not have this information because I'm pretty sure even the tyre manufacturer came out afterwards and went don't know where those stats came from Um, it was just, I mean apart from it also being completely irrelevant to what was going on due to different strategies but that's a whole other thing, it was just, these names are getting kind of just slapped on things ooh, powered by this, that and the other and here's this statistic that means nothing Um, I'm, I'm seeing it like more and more now but Yeah, sorry.
0: Had to get off my chest. Angry. It's all right. It's all right. We'll get to the end of the quick news. I promise. Uh, Ford will unveil their Mustang-inspired electric SUV on November 17th. Um, hmm. Mac 1.
1: Can we just talk about, for a second, and it's slightly unrelated, um, what is the world's infatuation with SUVs at the moment? I don't know. Someone, please explain that to me. Why does everyone need an SUV? Why do you need to do the school run in a car <laughs> Five times the size of a normal one, but carry exactly the same number <laughs> of people. I don't understand. Um, I know Ford in America because obviously
0: bigger. Is better.
1: Well, you know, <clears throat> you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, but I know Ford in America have obviously stopped making a whole bunch of the cars. I'm pretty sure the cars that they make now are the Mustang and the GT. I mean, obviously, the GT is available to all mere mortals as long as you have well over half a million pounds lying around. Yeah, um, sure. I assume the story will be a little bit different over here. I'm pretty sure for the last two generations of at least the Focus over here, it could be for the Fiesta as well. There has been an electric version, but it's like one of those electric conversions, it looks like, where the car is still very clearly designed to be an engine-in-the-front type car. Mm. Um, And it looks like they've just shoehorned in uh, electric after the fact, whereas this sounds like this is an all-electric car from the get-go. It's going to have a new design. I'm really worried about the Mustang-inspired SUV because the Mustang is not an SUV. It is nothing like (laughs) an SUV. It doesn't look (laughs) like it. It isn't like nothing about the Mustang goes. Yep, yeah, that's an SUV. Mm. Um, maybe I don't know. They'll put a surfboard rack on top. But why are people doing <laughs> SUVs? Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think for a long time we've spoken about um, Tesla's are great and all, but let's wait to see what the air quotes proper car manufacturers can do. Um, I don't think that's 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 not a knock to take away from Tesla as a car manufacturer but no. I think when we say proper car manufacturer we're talking your German automakers your Fords your GMs um, your Holdens you know that type of um, or your, your Japanese automakers like that type of what what you think of when you say a car to someone those names that come to mind and unfortunately yeah, 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 yeah. Tesla isn't one of those um, I, I
0: mean I, but, but the theory behind Tesla and I still think it's credible is that yeah Tesla are making their cars and they're trying out the technology but I honestly believe that Tesla's focus is the battery and, and once they master that and truly master it, they're just going to sell it out to other manufacturers. That, they that say, con- right, you want to make an electric car, here's a battery, you focus on actually making the car. Because Tesla make batteries, they don't make good cars. That
1: conspiracy theory is like the most amazing thing of all time because I, I think it is the most believable and credible conspiracy theory I've ever heard. I never thought of it. And then when you read it, it's like, that is, oh, no, mm-hmm. oh, okay, now I have an entirely yeah. different view on everything they do. It's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, batteries. Makes sense. Um, but it, Makes it, sense. Y- y- you're so right. It does feel like... Not feel like that. Tez have never given an impression that that could or will happen. No, no, they haven't, no. But as soon as someone said it, it's like, oh. It's like that's genius, <laughs> you know. Mm. Even if they weren't thinking of doing this, they should totally. Doing <laughs> All this of a sudden, right board meeting. Yeah, but it, it, you know, you're right. It's like electric cars are the future, obviously. Um, and someone's going to need some battery manufacturers. Um, are going to make a lot of money off of this future. And unfortunately, I don't believe you can run it on Energizer batteries or Duracell or whatever.
0: Not, not yet.
1: Not yet. Fair point. Um, just lots and lots of. Do you remember the old C cells or D cells? Was it that were like mm-hmm. the size of a house <laughs> used to power? Just pop a couple of those in. <laughs> um, just
0: yeah. a few trailers <laughs> behind will do the job.
1: Yeah. yeah. But uh, I just think that's, I still think it's a fascinating idea. But just going back to the traditional automaker thing, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the next five, ten years of, of, of what the traditional car manufacturers come up with. Like, I'm really interested to see what Mercedes Benz offer, what Kia offer, Mazda, um, you know, Ford, any of the GM range, um, the
0: mm-hmm. Vag grip as well.
1: Well. Uh, yeah um
0: any, any of that
1: German car group I can't picture a uh, Ferrari doing
0: this anytime soon
1: uh, no <laughs> i uh, I think
0: then I... again here here's the problem Aaron um, Kodak mid film cameras kodak developed the digital camera but failed to actually adapt it adapt to it to, to run yes with it. he said oh no we're not we're not changing over because we're gonna lose money and then all of a sudden kodak went because but bearing, they didn't could the in same be true for these big car manufacturers who make very expensive supercars bearing in mind
1: Kodak are on a level playing field with other camera manufacturers yeah, Ferrari yeah, yeah. and Kia
0: I don't know not no, really actually, thought no. of in the same no like, but at the same time Kodak were well renowned for cameras you know they made quality products at the time Porsche Ferrari they make quality cars very good quality cars okay they're, yes they're a league above most normal modern day cars but at the same time you know they, exponential growth doesn't well, exponential growth means exponential I mean
1: I I know I know exactly the point you're getting at, but I'm mm. just gonna put it out there. I don't imagine someone's gonna go, Oh, I'm looking through the Ferrari catalogue and it's not showing an electric car. Better go buy Kia then. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You <laughs> know, yeah, I I, cool. I fully get what you're saying. Bearing in mind supercar manufacturers have been working on well, there's that upper echelon of hypercars, which have traditionally been hybrid um oh. for a few years now. You know, you got the P one, the-, the, the La Ferrari, the, the nine eighteen, um you know, so all corner of the world have been working on some kind of, of, of hybrid. I don't know if the new Corvette is hybrid or not. I don't think so. Um, small engine, turbocharger, you know, kind of going for that. Yes, it's a supercar, but it can also still do 30 miles to the gallon on the motorway, so I think. Mm. Um, I think you're right. I, I get exactly the point you're getting, and I think it's 100% true. I, I think even the supercar manufacturers can't afford to be left behind in this race. Because, un- not unfortunately, because fortunately, this technology is wonderful for the supercar world because it makes everything quick and you know quicker and faster and better in lots of ways like it's a fantastic selling point for your car at that point um because as we've seen you know as every youtuber on the planet has shown off tesla's insane party mode acceleration or whatever it's called is insane but okay let's now pair, pair that with a car that can actually go around a corner when it sees one yeah. Um, yeah Two different that would things. be fascinating I am super excited, I'm not a huge fan of electric cars in any way, I've grown up with going to racing circuits and smelling and hearing and whatnot. Like it's a huge part of the experience but you know I'm one in a million at that point um, but I am hugely excited for the, for the next 5, 10, 15 years in the, uh, in, in the car world, I think it's going to be, I think that competition, like people are going to bring it to Tesla and I think it's just going to like, um, you know they're just going to be tripping over each other trying to get the the better product out every year or at least i hope that's how it's gonna go because for us as the end consumer that's how we get the best stuff available at the best prices is very similar to, to how we've looked at technology kind of in our pockets or on our desk for all these years it's these companies that instead of one company kind of running away with it companies that uh, compete with each other we the consumer end up with the best product out of that
0: mm, yeah True, true, true. All true. Aaron and cars—you'll never stop him. I'm just being mindful of time here, so we'll digress to Twitter. Very different topic conversation. Um, they've admitted in the last, or sorry, in the past. Sorry, the platform was skewed to show more ads to users with fewer followers. Ah, <gasps> the policy was intended to give popular users a better experience, incentivizing them to stay on the platform. Quote: Historically, users with high follower counts have seen fewer ads, a Twitter spokesperson confirmed. Recently, we've shifted our approach to showing ads to everyone who uses Twitter, and as a result, some will notice an increase in the number of ads they are seeing. Some user Twitters had recently and already noticed the shift. For weeks, popular users have been complaining about seeing more ads on the platform. That was likely the result of the change to policy, which previously suggested the number of ads showing to those high follower accounts. Now, the company has levelled the playing field, and as a result, popular accounts are seeing more ads, finally experiencing what it's like to be a pleb on the platform. That's... Ooh,
1: I don't know. I want to sit here and go. This is the worst. This is you know ruining I mean, I, I, Twitter yeah. and whatnot. But the I other have half, a strong me goes, feeling over it. But the other part of me goes, it's uh, it's actually kind of genius.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then again, it's kind of one of those things that okay, right? No one's going to thank you for doing anything good. They're only ever going to say what you did. You did wrong. It's, excuse me. It's, a, it's it's the same in anything in life. You do well. Mm, it's not really. You know, if, if something goes perfectly, you don't. Oh, I was so great. You know, you get in a plane and nothing happens in your flight land. You don't go. That was. I mean you go on your plane you have an emergency landing all of a sudden you're thinking um that's not great you know it's kind of one of those things do you know what i mean and, and you know it's things a, go a, well you don't ultimately always appreciate it but they go bad you go oh <laughs> that's exactly what's happening here no one saw ads and people didn't say thank you so much twitter for not showing me that many ads they probably went there's an ad my goodness and i'm talking about the people who were shown less ads now they're seeing a lot of them they're probably going oh adverts i, I do uh
1: I, I do occasionally still download the Twitter for mobile app just to see the uh, trash heap that it still is. Mm. Uh, it is indeed. I can confirm at the moment. Still a trash heap. Um, <laughs> and every time I open it, I scroll down about three tweets and go, oh, yeah, this is why I hate it. There's an advert. And it's always an advert that's like, for something, like, how you know who I follow. Why are you showing me this ad? Like, I don't want an ad fo- like English football or something. It's like, this is just mind-blowing that you have all this data on me. You don't need to be tracking me around the web. You could literally look at the people I follow or the things I tweet or, you know, times of day I look at it, locations, whatever, and get a better representation of the adverts that they show me. It's incredible. Never placed a bet on anything in my life, yet I only get a betting ad. Like... Twitter just have no idea half the time. I think they're they are they're just an incredible company to sit there and look at. And it's like, they seem to be going, oh, don't, we don't seem to be making much
0: money. It's like, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, for such a big concern, such a big company with such a huge influence, they do a pretty crap job of actually going after it, right? You're right. It's, it's, you're it- spot on, I agree.
1: It's one of their things, and we've always talked about this, is for years it was every year earnings would roll around and every year we would go how are they going to make money? How they, like Ads are the only way they can do it. And in reality ads still are the only way they can do it. Um, Twitter are not in a position to be charging users to enter the platform. Um, so unfortunately ads are a, a big part of that. And why do people choose to go on the platform? Well, it's because either A, their friends are on it, or B, their favorite are celebrity is on it. Mm. And if the celebrity is opening their phone and getting betting ads every three ads, or every three tweets I should say, not exactly a conducive experience for them. So if you're a more popular user, to show them less ads, it is an obvious and semi genius idea in keeping them on the platform and in turn potentially keeping millions of other followers also on the platform but showing them the ads. Because you're going to make more money by showing less ads to this one person and more ads to their millions of followers Uh, but if that one person was there wasn't there they might lose out on all those 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 eyeballs on the ads that would uh, normally follow this other person so it makes total sense um and considering we and Twitter clearly have no better option of, of them making money, um, I think we are we are stuck with ads. I just wish they were at least more relevant or blended in a little better. Yeah. It's like when they're so wrong, they stick out like a sore thumb. And it's just you could be... You, you kind of want to glide down. And I've always thought that an ad on Twitter should blend into the tweets around it in a way, as much as an ad or some paid-for content can. For example, on YouTube, um, if you follow a tech... YouTuber, you tend to get related tech ads uh, that they will talk about during the video. Um, If I go and watch a car video, I don't then expect to have an ad for Squarespace, for example, for how to make websites. I would expect to have an ad for your local auto parts dealer or whatever, which is how it is. Um, Whereas on Twitter, like I say, I I follow a lot of uh, motorsports, uh, you know, American football, developer stuff like that kind of, it's very much geared towards that. So I don't know why I've got ads for you know completely random stuff. Um, you know, I think I had one while ago, and it was for like it was advertising. Um, oh god, it was like a a TV show or a TV series. I can't remember what it was. It was like catch up on the latest episode or something. It is like something I never dream of, like even remotely having an interest in. But you know, it's fine. That ad obviously needs to exist. I'm not complaining about the ad itself. It's just that it, there's just no relevance. There's no context. Like it just you scroll down, and you're like that's odd. And um no matter how many times you click on the little button and go this isn't relevant this isn't relevant this isn't relevant um it just, I don't I don't get it um but yeah sorry it's, you know me always ranting and raving mm-hmm.
0: twitter ginger ads that's yeah don't don't change the... I like the, the level playing field now. I think that makes sense. I, I do get the the whole, right, show less ads to those who are more popular because you don't want to annoy them because they're potentially going to draw more people in. But at the same time, I get it. I'm not saying I agree with or disagree with it. it it's It's a theory, but... They clearly thought it wasn't working, or decided to do it differently. Now, what they need to do is take the rest of the time and focus on making the ads, as you said, Aaron, relevant. Because that's the only way ads are going to work. There is no point trying to sell uh, uh, ice to the Eskimos. Yeah, they've already got it. Well, if you can sell ice to Eskimos, you're good, but you get my point. You catch my drift. There's no point trying to sell Aaron knitting set. Well, actually, maybe there is, because I, mean, I don't know, I'd quite like out.
1: To, uh, to, know how to knit, to be fair. <laughs> you
0: get the point. Facebook are under fire over their outrageous UK tax bill, and it is outrageous. They paid £28.5 million in tax as revenue hit a record £1.65 on the back of strong advertising growth. Social media firm's latest UK accounts show that profits last year jumped by 54% to £96.6 million. Facebook's total tax charge in those profits almost doubled to £30.4 but was reduced due to adjustments. I would say that's a good accountant, wouldn't you? (laughs) Their tax campaigner, or sorry, a tax campaigner rather, and Pete Margaret Hodge said, such a low bill was outrageous, but Facebook said it pays what it owes. There are two ways of looking at this. Yes, you can say, right, okay, they're doing things, you know, to change certain settings and to, um, to change the books, and they're fiddling things to make it look better or worse than what it is, but I don't think they're doing anything illegal. And that's the thing. We've talked about this before. Amazon were the same. They aren't doing anything legally wrong they're just doing something potentially morally wrong potentially but the whole point of a business is to make a profit so if you want to change that you're going to have to change the tax laws right clearly they're employing good accountants they're employing good bookkeepers here because that's the whole point of employing a good accountant or a good bookkeeper otherwise they're not worth their money are they I think, and I know it's Facebook but this is the same as any company Facebook are coming under fire because they made a lot of money from advertising and they've paid a lot you know little tax Amazon were the exact same other tech companies have been the exact Actually.
1: i think obviously this kind of went massively through the uh, uk press well, a couple years ago now um, starbucks and apple were two of the big companies under fire yeah. at that point point. Um, and i think you're right i think we might have talked about it at that time and i might have defended apple and these companies probably a bit more than i think would be acceptable no i would feel was right now mm-hmm. um, i'm very much on the side of the fact that they pay so little tax um, they clearly made more money in this country than they're saying. Um, obviously, they can root money in all kinds of weird ways. The fact that they're paying so little, and this applies to all these companies, the fact that they're paying so little tax or they're rooting their tax through Ireland or wherever it is this week um, is, to me, outrageous. Um, you do business in this country you should pay the price for doing that this country has to get something back for you you know profiting off of uh off of its people um but on the flip side you're hundred percent right companies are Out there to make as much money as humanly possible. If there is a legal loophole, they are obviously going to take advantage of that. They are obviously going to use. If they can pay less tax by doing X, Y, and Z, of course they're going to do it. Any sane company would do that and take that route. You know, the moral ramifications like far outweigh the potentially millions, if not billions, of of pounds you could end up saving. Which is why all the companies do it. Um, The tax laws have to change for this stuff to change. We can talk about this. Year after year, we can get up on the show, we can talk about outrageous tax bills with all these technology companies, and obviously it spreads wider to kind of just any company or any international company. Um, and we can say how it's unfair on local companies because obviously, if your company does it, or is smaller and does business from within the UK, you, you know, you, you can't afford and, and hire fancy accountants and rootless this money all over the world to pay less tax. So, in the eyes of I think Joe Public, you know, it's seen as these international conglomerates are coming in and, and basically uh, taking away from the little guy, um, which is not the British way. Um, but we can come here, we can talk about this year after year, but unfortunately these companies are never going to stop. These companies have to be made to stop, and the only way to do that is to get these laws changed, get rid of these loopholes. Um, if we're just going to complain about it each time, there must be reason. Th- unless there is a reason they exist, they shouldn't exist. And if there is a reason that they exist, then it is a valid reason, then they need to be tightened up so this can't happen. Um, you know, Know, again, going back to, I think it was Starbucks or under fire, Apple have been under fire, like, every year since day, day dot, um, there are just numbers of companies, tends to be international companies, um, under fire, but yeah, like I say, it has to, these laws have to change, and I think many countries are, are thinking along the same, and I appreciate laws don't change overnight, um, especially with, with a lot of the other things, uh, countries are going through at, at the time, there are more pressing matters, but, uh, yeah, it gets tiring to. Talking about this stuff year after year, if nothing is ever going to change. And I also appreciate the fact that MPs are trying to do something about this, but it sometimes feel like feels like you're talking to a bit of a brick wall when it comes to the political system. Nothing
0: happens fast, which is the problem. So what, but they started talking about this two, three, four, five, six, seven years ago, whatever it was, and it's still going to be the same in two, three, four, five, six, seven years. That's just the nature of it. Moaning about it, it's not gonna change it, but of course raising awareness potentially will. But yeah, I mean companies are going to do what they can to save money on tax because ultimately that that brings their bottom lineup makes sense (laughs) so don't 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 have a rule and then say how dare you do that the rules they're playing by the rules they're just yeah interesting not saying it's morally right legally it is though so you, you can only slate them to some extent i guess Speaking of the government, ministers have dodged their full fibre for all by 2025 pledge, which was in existence before. The UK government has opted not to pursue a target of delivering full fibre broadband to all households by 2025. Prime Minister Boris Johnson proposed the target while campaigning to become Tory party leader, but the pledge was criticised by industry insiders. Instead, they're now seeking to give gigabyte-capable speeds and have not given a specific end date. I mean, it was very nice of Mr Johnson to propose this, but at the same time, where was the realness of it? Where did any industry company, BT, Virgin, Sky, TalkTalk, etc., say, "Yeah, that's that's realistic. That's, of course, that's obtainable." They didn't, (laughs) and of course we know it's not because some parts of the country struggle to receive any connectivity at all. Would it not make more sense to make sure we have a fully comprehensive connection around the whole? Country, as opposed to trying to say, well, we'll have full fiber and five G everywhere. It's not durable. Would be think, nice, but it's not
1: doable. I think a lot of what they're pledging is probably less about the. I mean, the full fiber is obviously part of it. Is obviously what they did pledge, but I think we have to we have to remember that that will enable connectivity around the country. That's the idea of it. And I kind of two sides of it. I find um, it's pretty funny when when people set out the kind of long deadlines, but it's it's if we if you don't set a goal. If you don't set a by day X, we want Y to happen, it tends to just never happen. Mm. So I think if you say, right, everyone in the country is going to get some kind of connection, some kind of high speed broadband connection um, where physically possible by 2030, fantastic, or 2025, fantastic. I think we're just at the point where this is all just political football. I find it hilarious that he's basically gone back on this after saying, and he it qu- it quotes here Mr. Johnson had previously called Theresa Mays, our former prime minister, uh, government government's promise to deliver full fibre broadband to everyone by 2033 quote, laughably unambitious. If we <laughs> want to unite our country and our society, we should commit now to delivering full fibre to every home in the land, not in the mid-2030s, but in five years at the outside. Mm. Of course, they will say it can't be done, but it can. And they are his quotes, <laughs> I say
0: nonsense
1: so it is absolute irony to now read that they're like, oh, yeah, maybe it can't be done. <clears throat> no, <that> never <laughs>
0: yeah. Happened. Yeah. yeah, it's a tail between the legs. The broadband infrastructure industry action, uh, sorry, r- actual reaction was to say the goal was possible, but only if the governments made radical changes to planning laws, amongst other changes. Well, exactly, because this isn't just a case of, ah, oh, just stick it down there. There is a lot involved in the infrastructure of fiber layout because it is a physical process, full stop. It's completely physical, it's fiber, full stop it's very expensive, it's very disruptive, and it's time-consuming as well. It's not, you know, this is an infrastructure that has been laid for years and years and years and years and years, and we still don't have a fully comprehensive infrastructure around the country on the old infrastructure, let alone bringing out a new one by 2025. It's very interesting here, actually, just what
1: some of the uh, companies do have to say. Um, It says O2's chief executive called the idea of digging up land and laying down cables to even the remotest of homes just nonsensical, when the last leg of such connections could be provided wirelessly via 5G, at lower cost. Uh, Virgin Media urges the government to take account of the fact that it could deliver 1 gigabit per second speeds by changing how it transmitted data over copper-based coaxial cables already linked to many properties. I think that's the big thing. I think companies, or a lot of our uh, ISPs and whatnot, probably see less of a need to kind of change the entire infrastructure, which I think is what the government want. The government of, like, they're that person who's not very technically inclined, but has just learned a new technical word, and they're going (laughs) to use it for every thing and fiber is that word everything is gonna be fiber i'm gonna have fiber i was just about to make the joke i'm gonna have fiber in my cereal but technically well technically there is yes A different kind of fiber. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, I'd hope so. But you know what I mean? It's like that. We're going to use this word and it's going to be on everything Um, instead of consulting with these companies, i.e. O2, Virgin Media, BT, um, and seeing what is actually possible because the the O2 executive makes a fair point. Um, They don't want to go around digging up all the land in the country. I mean, it's expensive for them to do. It's invasive um, and potentially just pointless and a waste of money. And that money, you know, the government aren't going to pay for that, um, that, that is going to be on on the backs of the companies to kind of deal with a lot of that. Even whatever the government say, in reality, you know how it ends up. And well, the companies aren't going to pay for that. You're going to pay for that. Um, so I think it makes sense to consult with these, or it makes more sense to consult with these companies. Um, you know, if five G does make more sense, well, okay, well, they need to, to to get lobbying to the to the governments to release more bandwidth or whatever they need to do to get five G taken off faster. I don't know, but you know, it's that type of thing. It's like. Let's consult with these guys. They clearly know what they're doing. Um, the internet has come on so, so far in this country, or connections have come on so, so far in this country. Just in the entire time we've been doing this show, I think we, like in this house, we started on probably 10 or something, you know, 10 years ago, 10 megabits per second down, and now we're up to you know, 10 years later, 300 or 350 or something like that. Like, mm. this is just through, this isn't the government going, right, Virgin Media, you need to offer more speed. It's just like it's on their own backs just because it's competition between the lot of them. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think that's like that needs to be cultivated and encouraged, not forced to drop everything you're doing, roll out to fibre to that super remote home in the middle of Scotland type thing.
0: Yeah, because all of a sudden what you're doing is you're setting that target for the sake of being able to say, Well, but fibre everywhere, but you're <laughs> You're avoiding the actual problem at hand, rather than, you know, you're trying to fix it by doing something completely different to what needs done. Exactly. And I think the ISPs, as you said, have a more realistic approach to it. The
1: ISPs shouldn't be used in your political warfare, either. No. Like, it, it shouldn't be their <laughs> problem. When you're to going to go involved. back on your word, either. Exactly. But it shouldn't be their problem to get involved with your mess, I think it's pretty much. Like, I think you could sum that up for but not just ISPs, but for so many industries. It's like, whoa, don't get us involved, type mm, thing. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes to become fully fiber. Just change your cereal, right? Weedabix typically do the job. <laughs> we'll end there. We digress, and we'll end there. Um, as always, thank you so much for joining us on this episode four hundred and eighty-five. Last week, reached around the world: Canada, Peru, South Africa, Turkey, Netherlands, India, Australia, Bulgaria, Finland, of course, the USA, the UK. So many more countries. Thank you so much for joining us from all those locations. It's it's humbling. It makes it all worth the while. And and it's great to see um, such a wide, diverse area of people joining us on each and every episode. You can find more episodes over at munchtech.tv. TV. If you're listening on your mobile, munchtech.tv TV four slash mobile. We have a newsletter, Munchtech TV four slash newsletter. If you like the idea of podcasting, make your own But anything, any of your interests. munchtech.tv TV four slash Ultimate Podcast Guide and podcastassist.com for our book and our guides to podcasting. And of course, last but not least, our interview with Steve Wozniak, Munchtech TV forward slash was thank you so much once again have a great safe and durable week and halloween and we'll see you next week on 486 until then bye-bye bye-bye